You know, here we are, a uh, week into 2021, and as we discussed last week, you know, God is moving. He is working. He is doing great things in the lives of His people. Uh, Katie just said today that the attributes and characteristics, the plans of God, you know, are always good and they never change. And so I just want to encourage you that in your own walk of faith, your own journey, there's going to be many moments where you have to come to that you have to, you have to stand on those truths. You have to stand on those promises. You need to look around and remind yourself, God's plans for me are still good. You know, And the enemy's going to try to get you to see a, a different picture, and he always tries to come against the things of God. We have probably would all agree that, that this last week, he, he dealt us a doozy, didn't he? I mean, right into the beginning of the year, and, and here we are. God is moving. God is great. Whoa. <laughs> here, here we go again, you know? And I did want to say a few things. I wanted to address that. And of course, I spent a lot of time in prayer um, about what to say, how to say this. And usually the way I approach it first is I, I need God to minister to me. Like, I needed encouragement this week. You know, God, encourage me. What, what would you say to me? And the Lord was just very faithful. He was... It, I'm going to share with you what he shared with me, and I hope it encourages you because it encouraged me, <laughs> and it lifted my spirits. And so, Lord, what would you have for me to say to the people, and what would you say to me? And here's the first thing that I would tell you. Um, keep your head. Keep your head and keep your footing, because I see a lot of people losing that right now. Um, and the people of God, listen to me. A promise of God that he gives to us that we have to walk in by faith is that we are people who are promised a sound mind. A sound mind. And I don't know about you, but I look around and I see a lot of people who are not displaying that right now. And if you want a good just principle to go off of, whatever you see the majority of the world doing, just do the opposite. <laughs> Usually, that's a pretty good rule of thumb. I mean, I had to just totally like take a break from social media for a few days this week. I just, I, I, I had to, Dan. I wasn't strong enough to look at all of that and still, you know, walk in godliness. I just, I think that we have to uh, realize, this sounds a little bit cliche, but remain calm. Keep calm. Stay calm. Cooler heads will prevail. Sound minds will prevail. And the world needs to see God's people walking and operating in a level above the rest of this chaos. That's what I would say to you. And I, I was encouraged by the Lord in this whole thing where it was like, I remembered back in October, November, and I said something in church. I said, listen, whatever happens in the elections, no matter what the outcome is, we are all called to pray for those who are in leadership and who are the, for those who are in authority over us. And if we are in a place where people of God are finding it difficult to pray for our leaders, this is a sad day. We have got to continue to pray for transformation at all levels. And the Lord reminded me of a scripture in Proverbs, and it goes like this, the, the heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord, and like a stream, He turns it wherever He wishes. It's a scripture that speaks to the sovereignty of God. And then I was re uh, reminded of how when God's people were 
released from captivity in the Babylonian captivity at this time, it was actually Persia that was the reigning empire. When they were released, Ezra chapter 1, first five verses, it goes like this, God moved on the heart of King Cyrus, and he released his people. So this tells me something, folks. It tells me that God is still on the throne, that he is sovereign, and that his plans for his people are still good, and they will not be thwarted. We, we are not promised to understand how everything is going to happen and play out. We are only promised that it's going to be good for us, God's people. And so we've got to press in, cry out, pray, and listen to me, above all, we've got to be people of hope. Something was said a few months ago in a Gateway conference that's really stuck with all of our leaders, and it was, this was a statement that was made, the person with the most hope will always have the most influence. And we are supposed to be people who have influence, who are swaying culture, not being swayed by culture. And I just feel like when I look around, people who display hope, those are the people that I'm drawn to. Those are the people that I move towards. And I move away from the people who are giving a report of death and hopelessness and negativity. We need to be shining a light of hope right now. And this is the thing. You can't be fake, fictitious, phony, facade kind of hope. It's not something you just throw out there because you think it sounds good. It, does, it has no power in it. It may be pleasing to the ears, but it does not touch the heart. The kind of hope that we move from is a hope that anchors our soul, that we are grounded in. It's something of substance that actually resides on the inside of us that's true and constant and consistent. And it, it comes from something that's a promise in a totally different realm, a heavenly realm that's a good place. And so when we live from this place of hope, there's power that comes out of our lives. There's a genuine, authentic representation, and people can feel the power of God that's in that kind of hope when we live that way. Does that make sense? So, man, just stay calm, keep your head, and don't, don't fall into what the rest of the world seems to be falling into right now. Let's be a people of hope. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Well, we're going to get into uh, week two of Vision Month, and week one... If I were to summarize, Pastor Guy, week one in Vision Month, I would say that uh, we are a people who need to live with healthy vision in our lives, and God is a God of vision. He has a purpose and a direction for us, and when we live for that and that alone, we are going to be the most fulfilled, and we are going to flourish in the highest degree in our life, in our, the way we make an impact for God. He has a purpose, a vision, and a plan for our lives. We are not a directionless people embedded in the core of Scripture is that God's people are always going somewhere and they're going somewhere better. That's a great plan. That's a great promise. And that's something that we need to live towards and for. And the way that this works, God has a vision for your life, is that it's, it's a singular plan. You, you can't entertain other plans you can't have a bunch of contingencies. You, you, you can't be kind of like one big toe in on God's plan and hanging on to a bunch of the other plans for your life to just wait and see if this thing's going to work out. You've got to be all in on it. <laughs> it's got to be the only plan that matters for you. And listen to me, you're willing to die to self to get it. Lose your life to gain your life. And so as we move from week one into week two, today we're going to get into a discussion about healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries. And here's why we wanted to talk about this today is because 
Obviously, part of our plan and our purpose that we've just discussed is that it's an outward focus, right? Our lives are to be lived and used by God in such a way where we're actually touching other people in the world. We're impacting a bunch of other people in the world. And so sometimes whenever I'll walk with people through this journey of God as a plan for your life and you know, exploring and pursuing that, they'll, they'll go through this journey where initially it's like, oh, great, God has a plan and I'm going to get everything I want. Right? Like, I'm just going to be, I'm going to have everything I want, and life's just going to be great. And it, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's not that you won't be. You, you'll have everything you need in Christ, right? He is sufficient, and you'll be totally fulfilled. But the interesting part is that it's, it's actually really not about you getting what you want, it's about you being used by God to serve other people. <laughs> and, and so when you lose yourself to serve others, you actually really step into that plan like waist deep all the way. And, and then you begin to be fulfilled at a level that really you might not have even known was possible to live for others instead of for yourself. Isn't that exciting to think about? And, and so there's this true dying to self that has to happen in all of us if we're really going to get deep into this journey of God's vision for our lives, to serve and not to be served. Jesus demonstrated that and represented that himself for us. And he says, look, a servant isn't greater than their master, and this is the way I live, right? And so that's what we're called to live, how we're called to live. But here's uh, something that's very important to understand. If we're going to influence large numbers of people, if we're going to impact the world, and I maintain the position that every person's purpose it looks like that. There's influence. There's impact. There's a difference you're going to make in the lives of other people. If we're going to do that, we ourselves have to be healthy. Does that make sense? Say it like this. Healthy ministry never comes out of unhealthy people. It's true God can use anyone, anywhere, in any situation. Yes, I get all of that. I'm not negating that. But what I'm saying is, through longevity and through endurance, if you're going to grow in this purpose that God has for you, you have to be healthy yourself first. You have to grow strong individually because you can't give out what you don't have. It's a spiritual principle, right? All through the Bible, I mean, Jesus says, love others as I have loved you. He says, give out only what you've received first from me and what you have to give. Paul says, you can't go out and lead in the church or in the body of Christ if your own home isn't in order first. Get it together here before you do it out here. It's, it's all through Scripture. So we wanted to talk today about having healthy boundaries in our lives so that we can be healthy people. And I think this is a very, very important message, really, that's something we're always growing in and working on uh, spiritually in our lives as we walk with the Lord. So I wanted to do this a little different today. Uh, I asked Pastors Mike and Katie to actually come up and join me for this. So if you guys could come up here and maybe give them just a round of applause. These folks, these two leaders are incredible. And, uh, and so I thought as we discussed what it means to be healthy individuals and have healthy boundaries in our lives, um, that... I would have them bring up, come up and, and impart what they have uh, to share with us about these things as well. And so 
when we talk about boundaries, first of all, I don't know, I think that a boundary is something that keeps the wrong things out and keeps the right things in. And we have to understand those. We have to have clear boundaries in our lives if we're really going to uh, be able to continue to grow healthier and healthier as people. Would you guys agree with that? So what would you say about just initially having healthy boundaries and embracing that idea that we need to do this? I guess I'm first. <laughs> no, I think, uh, you know, many times what, what gets us off track as people and as Christians, uh, in my opinion, is that we get distracted and we lose focus. And I think one of the great things that boundaries does is it's, it sets a line for us to, that, that, that we, can, we can stand on. And that line as Christian is obviously God's word. That is, that is where the boundary starts and ends. And I think when we know what God's word is and what God's word is for our life and what God thinks of our lives, that's the boundary, no matter what topic we're, we're talking about, that's the boundary where I know I have to be on God's side of the boundary. You know, I can't be on the world's side of the boundary. Like Pastor Matt said th this morning, hey, if the rest of the world is doing something, is doing one thing, probably God's way of doing it and our way of doing it is on the other side of whatever yeah. that man-made boundary That's is. Good. That's good. Yeah, I think that having real clear boundaries that are set, it allows me to move more confidently, move more quickly, um, act more, more quickly in things because I already know what I can and can't do. And so when those boundaries are already established, you know, I don't have to try to figure them out in the moment. And so there's a security there that you can operate from, a confidence you can operate from um, when your boundaries are clear. Yeah. Wouldn't you guys say that, that God's word is filled with boundaries that he gives us for our lives? I mean, Deuteronomy is all about, hey, if, you've, if you walk in these things and in these ways, here's the blessings you can expect. And if you don't do these things, here's the consequences that you can expect. He really does lay it out pretty clear in his word, doesn't he, as far as boundaries for us? Absolutely. And I think if, if you, when you read the Bible and you read of God's promises, usually after the promises list is, is listed in the Bible, the next verse many times is our part to play in that, mm, that's right? That, that promise is available if we do whatever that verse says. So we have to remember that even though they, the Bible gives us these boundaries and gives us these promises, there's always something for us to do uh, in order for that to be fulfilled in our own life and fulfilled in our calling. Yeah, that's great. If you guys want to write this down, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, towards the end of the first five books of the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 28 is, God's, is where God lays out for Moses and the people the blessings and the curses that come from obedience and disobedience. It's a great chapter that I would really encourage you to spend some time praying and meditating over. Um, one last thing about the boundaries part and just having these sort of safeguards, guardrails, if you will, in our lives. I was just thinking this morning about when we were in our uh, second year of marriage. You know, first year was the honeymoon year. Everything was great. And the second year was like... <laughs> hey, can you turn her mic off for a second? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, we really had to make some decisions on if we were going to kind of grow through some of these uh, hard things that we were dealing with. And we, one of the best pieces of advice that we got for, was to, to have good boundaries, to put some boundaries in place, you know. 
when you have confrontation, you have disagreements, you guys need to have some boundaries. And this will seem real practical, but there were just a few things like we, we put specific agreements where we both said, okay, I'm going to agree to that. Um, when we have a disagreement, no screaming, no cussing. Because, you know, I mean, it was just like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I still got a reminder about that every now and then. <laughs> Do you, you want me to sit in the middle? Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it was no screaming, no cussing, no reminding each other of something that we did in the past, no bringing back up, uh, and no using the word divorce. Those were just simple things. But I'm, just, I'm telling you right now, it's amazing how much those simple boundaries elevated the, the quality and the health of us processing confrontation and coming through it in a good way. And so we need these things in all areas of our lives, right? I'm sure you don't have anything else to add to that. So we're going <laughs> to move on. So as we talk about, indiv- I'm in striking distance. It just occurred to me. Um, you need a boundary. Yeah, I need a boundary. Well, as we talk about being healthy individuals, um, let's, go, let's go in a direction where we look at God has created all of us essentially as three parts, okay? In God's makeup of human beings, we are body, mind, and spirit. And this is by his design. So your body, obviously, is your, your flesh and bones. It's the outermost part of you. It's uh, the part that this temporal body here, of course, is perishing. Um, and the next part of you is your mind, so if you're kind of moving deeper in, this would be like the faculties of your thinking, your decision-making. It's where your emotions are. It's where your will is to choose for or against God and the things of God. You know, this is obviously very mysterious to a degree. We can only partially understand the way the mind works and the thoughts work. Um, and so there's your mind, body-mind. And then the innermost part of you would be your spirit, man. Right? And, and that's your inner being, your core. So these, this part of body, mind, and spirit is the essence of our being. It's, it's the essence of our existence, of who we are. And the Bible tells us in the book of Acts that it's in Him or in Christ that we live and move, listen to this, and have our being, our existence. Every, I mean, think about this. Every breath you take, Every, every pump your heart makes, every thought you think, it all exists, is sustained, is held up by the, very, by the very character of God himself. And so when we want to be healthy individuals so that we can live a healthy purpose, guess what? Great news. Everything we need is found in him. Everything we need to be healthy is found in him. So let's talk about these three areas, body, mind, and spirit, having good boundaries, being healthy in these areas. And we're going to open up with a verse uh, in each one and then just kind of dig in. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, talking about healthy body and boundaries. Let's put that up on the screen. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. Obviously, he's talking to Christians here. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This is a very powerful scripture to me. 
Honoring God with our bodies means that we glorify Him with our bodies. We know that we glorify God in the way we praise and worship, but think about that. He's saying glorify God in the way you treat your bodies too. So what, are, what comes to mind initially for each of you guys when you think about being healthy in your, in your body and honoring your body in a way that's pleasing to the Lord? I think for me, it's, it's, it's a built-in boundary that I think to myself, okay, if I'm putting anything into my body that is not godly and it's not uh, in a way that God's designed us, I, I'm, I'm, I'm basically, literally, I, I'm sinning against God and I'm, I'm choosing that thing as basically an idol in my life hmm. other than what God's promises says and what God's boundaries has set up, has set up for me. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, to me, um, this one about the body, this is, this is the easiest one to set up boundaries. I'm not saying it's easy to follow it, mm. but it's the easiest one to set up boundaries because the boundaries are, they're, they're physical. You know what it is and you can see it. So if I'm trying to lose Good. weight, it's, it's a food boundary. If I'm trying to stop smoking, it's I don't buy cigarettes. If I, you know, if I'm, again, if I'm trying to lose weight, I don't go buy at the grocery store, pizza. At, well, yeah. <laughs> what? See, I, bigger pants. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's what I said when I preached a couple weeks ago. I said, "Hey, don't worry about uh, trying to lose weight for your news resolutions. You always just buy, buy bigger, buy bigger <laughs> pants, right?" That sounds but, like a contingency yeah, plan. Yeah, exactly. Right, anyway, exactly. Right. But I think that's one of the easiest things because it's we if we if we really want to live the way God has designed us to live and follow His boundaries because. Because they're, they're, they're physical boundaries that, that we know and we can see. It doesn't mean it's easy, uh, but I, think that, I th- also think that they're, they're very important. But uh, the, for, in order for us to live a life for a healthy boundary, they easily get passed, passed over for the other things that are urgent in mm-hmm. our life. And we think these urgent things are important, and, and they're not. There's a big difference between important and urgent. That's good. And if you look at taking care of your body. Just think, just think how many times when you don't feel good, whether maybe you're sick or, you know, you ate too much at dinner or whatever it was, but if you don't feel good, you're not going to be able to live the life God's mm. called you because everybody knows when you don't feel good, you don't feel like doing anything other than you're so inward focused, just worried about yourself. Good. Yeah, when I was thinking about healthy boundaries, I was thinking at a time, uh, the first time we went over to Israel, and our tour guide was telling us how in ancient Israel that the Israelites were a lot healthier than the, the nations around them and stuff. And now we know that in Leviticus, God told them like all of these rituals and things that just were centered around like washing your hands in cleanliness. And so like we've been talking, you know, the Bible tells us a whole lot about food choices and exercise and rest and different ways to take care of our bodies. And we're learning more and more how true they are. And we can measure more and more the foods that we put in and the effects that it has. But God set this up all along on how to best take care of our bodies. And like Pastor Mike said, when our bodies are healthy, we can go longer, we can go harder, we can do more. I know that when I'm tired or when I haven't ate healthy, like my mind is off. And so my ability to be able to function and respond mm. is different than when I'm healthy. And so to be the best we can be, to, to walk in our purpose most effectively, we have to have healthy bodies. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> my love. Uh, 
obviously it's incredibly purposeful that God laid out all these different foods and, and things that uh, the people of Israel would eat. Like everything they needed to nourish their bodies and be healthy, it was right there, and God provided it. Do you see that? That's what's awesome to, to recognize. And I was talking to Pastor Mike and Katie about this. I, I always think about how Moses was 120 years old and he was climbing mountains. That's, that's remarkable. You know, I don't know if you ever picked that up, but at 120 years old, the guy was climbing mountains. I mean, he had to at least be conscious of and aware of taking care of and honoring his body so that he could prolong his destiny and purpose as long as God chose to have him here on the earth. And I just, I think about that for myself. I don't want my purpose to be cut short here on this earth because I didn't honor my body and take care of my body and prepare for however many days it was that God had allotted for me. And I think that there's just too many things in culture, in our lifestyle today, whether it is the foods we eat or the rest we don't get or the stress that we endure, all these things that really just wear down the physical body. And people are not operating at optimal levels that we really ought to be operating at. And, um, and the last thing I would go ahead. You know, you bring up, up about Moses, and he's 120 years old. That, that just brings to mind that it, it's so true, because like I'm 48, and you're 40-whatever, and I can still beat you in a race. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to see this, I think. Hey, you know what? He doesn't have anything to say. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Like, man, you really got me this time. Okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm, like an, I'm like a bow and arrow. I'm just, I'm pulling back now. I'm drawing back. When I release, you're, you're in for it. You know, my grandpa um, used to always tell me, like, when I was a little kid, before I went to a sporting event to play in a game, whatever sport it was, he'd always say, hey, in the, in the first couple minutes, hit the guy in the chops, and then you'll know what you're dealing with. <laughs> so I just figured I'd you know throw, the, got I'd throw the first with. punch. I like it. It's good. Oh. Uh... <laughs> So let me say one last thing here about uh, healthy bodies, because we talked a decent amount about exercise, rest, nutrition, things like that, all incredibly important. And listen, one of the things that I, I try to do when I'm thinking about my body or taking care of myself, um, I try to intentionally replace the word body with temple of the Holy Spirit. I just try to do that for myself as often as I can. When I catch myself saying body, my body, to, you know, whatever, I try to insert the phrase temple of the Holy Spirit instead of body because it just shifts my thinking. It really shifts my thinking to this is a house. He even says it here. He says, it's not even yours. It was bought at a price, right? So God owns it. And so I think the Holy Spirit dwells in and inhabits this, this body, this temple. And so that gives me if for no other reason, that gives me every reason I need to honor it and take care of it for him. Uh, but in these scriptures that we opened up with in 1 Corinthians 6, where he says, honoring your bodies, a big part of the context here is that Paul was addressing a lot of sexual immorality that was rampant in, in the church and in culture. And so, yes, we can see that bad nutrition or lack of rest and exercise can lead to uh, debilitation in our physical bodies. But let me just be really, really straightforward with you. Substance abuse and sexual immorality will do the exact same thing. And so Paul was saying, listen, you've got to have self-control. You've got to resist these urges. You are human if you have temptations of the flesh. 
okay? You're human. But you need to rule your flesh in a way where you do not allow those, there's where those boundaries are again, you do not allow those things to come in and actually be something that your flesh gives expression to. And Paul was really addressing that. And as, as godly people, when we look around in the world, substance abuse and sexual immorality are destroying people's lives. Problems in the world, listen, are problems of the churches. The church needs to be able to address problems that are in our world today. And these are things that people are suffering from in massive ways. 1 Corinthians 3.17 says this, If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Now, I've seen this scripture taken out of context a lot in the way people interpret this. Let me give you what I believe is the accurate interpretation here. And the key is understanding what the word destroy means. It says, well, God will destroy him. So if I, if I eat something wrong or I smoke a cigarette, God's going to destroy me? No, that's not what it's saying. That's inconsistent with the rest of Scripture, okay? But what he's saying is destroy means to shrivel away, spoil away, or wither away over a process of time. So if we willingly choose to dishonor and abuse our bodies through any of the things God instructs us are bad for us, then God will allow the consequences of the withering away, spoiling away, and destruction of the physical man. He will not necessarily intervene and prevent those consequences from happening that we bring on ourselves. Does that make sense? So honoring our bodies and being healthy is a huge part of being able to be effective in our purpose for God. Would you agree with that? And so I would just encourage us as we move on, just ask this question, think through this question, um, am I doing everything I can to honor God with my temple, with my body? And I just think that's something we all got to take before the Lord and deal with. And Pastor Mike said something really great last night. He said, look, wherever you're at in this thing, you know, if you say, well, on a health scale, I feel like I'm a five in this area or seven in this area, you know, don't feel like you've got to go from a five to a 10 overnight. That might be a lot to try to take in. You just need to figure out how to take steps in the direction that you need to go and start taking one step at a time to become healthier each day. And I thought that was really uh, great you. advice. Yeah. I probably, you probably took that from me somewhere probably along the did. line. You're right. Sure. You're That's right. in your notebook, meetings with Pastor Matt, I'm sure, you know. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, healthy mind, healthy mind. Um, and we're going to read Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And I asked them to put this up there in the amplified version. I love the amplified version, and sometimes verses uh, just really, really good to read a scripture in the amplified if it's speaking to you in the uh, original text. So do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in His plan and purpose for you. Wow, this is a powerful verse, uh, talking about transforming and renewing our minds. So, one of you guys want to tackle this one first? Sure. Yeah, we just talked about this in youth, and... Um, for me, I really learned about renewing my mind and the power of like the thoughts that are going through my mind when I went through a series or a time in my life of depression. 
And so our mind, it's the command seat of our life. This is where our our thoughts are. This is where our feelings are. This is where our choices are made or all in our mind. And so when the thoughts that we ponder on are negative or against God's plan or his will, then that begins to affect our feelings and therefore Mm. the choices of our life. And we begin to operate out of that. And so I had to learn that those thoughts that come in, I had to take those thoughts captive. That's where I set the boundary. Like that first thought that comes in, I have to grab that thought. I need to submit it to the truth of the word of God. And if it doesn't line up, I need to reject that thought. Mm. Because if the boundary is not there, then it begins to build something in my life. If I bring it into my life, it begins a place that the enemy can operate from. Mm. And so we have to take that first thought and we have to, we have to submit it to God's word and see, is this something that I should really allow in my life? Is this truth and do I want it to build something in my life? Yeah, that's really good. Really good. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't know if you had more to say. Yeah, I was just... <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I, I was, we talked about this last night and then I was thinking about it last night and this morning and then I wrote this down this morning because I was, you know, I really felt, I was thinking about that word transformed. Hmm. And what does that word transformed really mean? Because, you know, the Bible says that we're, we are new creations in right. Christ. And that's, you know, that just doesn't, we don't say that because it sounds good. That's what the Bible says. And that's what God's design for life is that we're new creations. And I wrote this down about uh, being transformed. What it really means is, is changing in the form or formula of your thought mm. and of that's your great. thought process. Because you think about your thoughts like Pastor Katie mentioned, our thoughts are really the command center, right? But what happens is our thoughts, good or bad, this goes both ways. Our thoughts, no matter what they are, they turn into actions. Yes. And those actions, they turn into the daily habits that we have. Wow. Yeah. And those daily habits, again, good or bad, they're creating what our future is, hmm. right? Our thoughts turn into actions. Our actions turn into our daily disciplines. And daily disciplines and habits, and that is what creates, creates wow. our, our future. And being transformed by the ruin of your mind, it means co- being committed to the ideas and the ideals of the kingdom of God. These, these are boundaries that God sets. And, you know, boundaries can be anything. You could, you could pick any one of these four worship songs that Pastor Guy and the team led us in this morning. The, the, those could be boundaries for, for your life. I mean, there's an unlimited number of boundaries that God's word can provide us to, to have a sound mind and to be at peace with ourselves and, and with who we are and who we are in Christ. Yeah. I, I love that word transform, like you said, transform and renew, because what that indicates is a, a process that ought to be happening in the lives of God's people. It's a part of our sanctification. So think of it like this. When you're born again, your spirit is renewed. Your spirit comes alive. When we go to heaven, our bodies will be renewed. We'll get new immortal spiritual bodies. Throughout this life and walking with God, our minds are being renewed. Does that make sense? And so one of the scriptures that is always, you know, there's certain scriptures you're like, man, that's, that's meaty, that's deep. I need to ponder that for a while. There's a scripture where, I believe it's Paul, he says, uh, you have the mind of Christ. I'm like, wow, that's, wow, what is that, you know? I have the mind of Christ. Because I don't know about you, but some days I don't feel like I have the mind of Christ. You ever have like a thought and you're just like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, how did that get there? You know, these things happen, right? But when he says you have the mind of Christ, I believe what he's saying is the person of the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. 
right? So same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in you. So the mind and thoughts of God literally reside in you by the person of the Holy Spirit. And he wants to transform your mind to be more in line with his mind. Your thoughts can continually be transformed to conform more and more into God's thoughts. But you must allow him to to continue the process of renewing and transforming your mind. That happens through that washing of the water of the word. The, The power of the word of God is that it has the ability to deconstruct bad thought systems, false belief systems. We all come into this world with messed up ways of thinking that ultimately need to be deconstructed and reconstructed according to true principles. It's like rebooting and rewiring a computer or something, right? It's got to just completely be, all the bad stuff has to be undone and the good stuff has to be installed. And that's what God is doing through his word. And so, go ahead. It's interesting, I was reading um, a book by Mark Batterson, and he pulls in lots of studies, and one of the studies is now they can measure that. In your brain, they see when you repeat something over and over again, there's a rewiring, there's new neurological connections that are made when you do that. And so science continues to prove what God said generations ago. Yeah, that's good. Wow. I want to come back to something that you said a little bit ago. You said taking thoughts captive, right? So I just said... You have this weird thought that just, you know, jumps in your mind. And you have this moment where you have to really figure out what are you going to do with this? Because a temptation is not a sin. It's harboring a temptation that leads to sin, right? And so you have these thoughts that come into your mind. You have to decide what you're going to do with it. And the Bible says that we have the authority in Christ to take thoughts captive. That word and that expression, when you study it, is literally a military figure of speech. It means to take something or someone by spear point and imprison them and take them captive. So I want you to think about that in your mind. When a false doctrine or false fleeing thought tries to invade the space of your thought highway, and then you recognize that this is a foreigner, this is not consistent with what God says, you have to take that thing captive and make it bow to the authority that you have in Christ. If you don't do that, you permit that thought to begin to take up place in your, in your mind, and then it can influence other thought patterns. So you have this, this moment where you decide what you're going to do with that. So I used this analogy last night, but think about you, you come walking into your living room, uh, all right, in your home. You get up in the morning, you come downstairs, you walk into your living room, and there's this strange man, pastor guy, that's just sitting in your living room, all sprawled out on your couch, He's got your pajamas on. He's got his feet up and his smelly socks all over your your couch and your furniture. He's got your TV on, watching your shit. He's got your food all over the place from your refrigerator. He's beating your dog. I mean, he just, you're just like, this guy's in my house. He's got all my stuff. I would be willing to bet what nobody in here would do is be like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, he's his place too. I mean, he can do whatever he wants here, I guess, is his place. I better not interfere, you know. Nobody would do that. I know what Pastor Guy would do. He'd grab that guy right up by those pajamas and he'd launch him right out his front door. You're not, you're, you're gone, buddy. You're not sticking around another second. And don't you even think about coming back in here, because I'll show you what I got for you if you do. 
But when we have these negative, inconsistent thoughts with what God says about who we are in our lives that come into our minds, we need to be equally as vigilant in how we take them captive and just move them right on out of there and say, you, no, you are not sticking around here, and you're not going to take up place here, and you're not going to come back and try to do the same thing that you just did right here in my home. That can't happen anymore. So we've, we've got to do that. And uh, this last part of Romans 12 too, this is, this is always impactful for me. This transforming of our minds, our thoughts aligning with God's thoughts, thinking like He does. This is what He says that, that accomplishes. He says, it proves, means produce evidence, proves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. So there's evidence of God's will and purpose for our lives that is produced by the transforming process of our mind and our thoughts continuing to align with God's thoughts. Like, man, I know that's, that's God's thoughts, and I'm thinking those thoughts. Like, I'm walking in His will. I'm moving towards His purpose for my life. Produces evidence of that. Last one, number three, is spirit. Boundaries, uh, being healthy, body, mind, and spirit. So the spirit is the innermost part of who we are. Ephesians 3.16, Paul says to the church in Ephesus in his letter, he says, I'm praying that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory. So it's in his power to do what he's about ready to say. Okay, I'm praying that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Wow that your spirit would get stronger. All throughout Scripture, the principle of spiritual maturity exists. That our spirit man can get stronger. So let me say it like this. Your spirit and your, your faith man can be weak or it can be strong. But God's beckoning us, He's petitioning us to grow and become strong in our inner man, in our spirit man. So which one of you guys want to tackle this one first? Um, so our spirit man, this is a place where we connect with God. It's like the relationship center. This is where we worship from. The Bible tells us that God, Jesus said that he was looking for those who would worship in spirit and in truth. And so once our spirits become alive, this is how we connect with God. But if our spirits are weak then we have a lot harder time hearing God's voice and knowing where he's leading. Um, in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Mm. So that scripture is basically saying if your spirits are weak and you're listening, trying to listen to God through your natural man, the things that you hear are foolishness. So where he's wow. leading, where he's guiding you, you're going to be like, that sounds dumb. But when we allow our spirits to become strong and we tune into the voice of God, then we hear where he's leading. And so we have to set boundaries because there's lots of things that pull at us from the world that want our time, want our attention. Our spirit man's grow by spending time being in the presence of God, reading the word, being in worship, praying, listening and tuning our ear into his voice. And so if we don't set those boundaries on our life, how could we accomplish the purpose that he has for us? We won't hear his voice. We won't know where he's going. So we have to set those boundaries for our spirit man to be able to become strong. Mm. Good. 
Yeah, and I think that number mind and spirit, the number two and three, they, they really go hand in hand because I, it's, it's impossible to have a strong spirit without having a strong mind and being focused on being a new creation That's in good. Christ and what God's called me to be. And this verse in, verses in Ephesians, I mean, they really, they really tell me that like my inner man is, should be strong and mighty based on him and based on his Holy Spirit residing inside of me. And that's why, that's why these boundaries are so important. You know, Pastor Matt gives a great analogy, and it's funny about Pastor Guy and stuff, but it's so true, mm-hmm. right? It's so true. But when those things happen, no matter what it is, we have to recognize that now my mind has somehow crossed over into yeah. the other side of the that's boundary, that's good. and I have to get back good. into God's promises for my life. That's why sometimes you've probably heard me say, you know, sometimes if you're confused of what to do in your life or you don't have direction or you don't have a vision or purpose, just pick out one scripture. Pick out one scripture, and you can basically build a life on one scripture. The same thing, I think, is when we get on that other side of the, of, of, of the boundary that we're not supposed to be on. We need to have a habit, so to speak, to get back there. Hey, just pick one scripture and always remind yourself, hey, when I stand on this scripture, when I read this scripture, I know I'm going back towards God, and I'm running back after him and chasing after him. Yeah. You know, um, good. in the book of Daniel, uh, I love to read about Daniel. There's just so many things in there. But in chapter 6, verse 3, it basically says that he has an excellent spirit, mm-hmm. an excellent spirit. And that excellent spirit allowed him to have the influence that he had. And he had one of the most important and amazing things to me is Daniel not only had influence in the church per se, he had influence in the world. And I think us as Christians and even us as a church, Life Church X, right? It's great to have influence in the church. It's great to have influence over the people sitting here. But I know what we're interested in is we're interested in having influence over the world, whether it's Christian or non-Christian, preferably, right, the non-Christians, right? We, I mean, here's another, uh, sorry, before I get up on this next scripture, but, but Daniel, it all started, right? Daniel was a man of prayer, right? He prayed and he fasted. He was a man of prayer, that which became, he became a man of action, and he was always a man of discipline, right? Early on in the book, right, he, he basically tells the king, I will serve you, and I will do everything you're asking me to do, but I will not eat the food and the delicacies that you're, that you're giving all your, other, all your other people who are serving you. He's basically saying, I'm not going to, I will do what, what you're asking me to do, but I'm going to do it my way, the way my God has laid it out for me. Yeah. And I close with this. In 2 Chronicles 16.9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And I say that because that scripture, as relevant as it was back then, it is even, to me it's even more relevant in today's world because that is, that is the type of man and woman that God is looking for today. In 2021, and to take a step further, I believe that the world, they may not view it this way, but the world is yearning for people across our land to operate like this verse says. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. What do you mean you're closing? 
<laughs> You're not closing. You're right. I'm, I'm not kidding, sorry. Uh, like whoa. Um. <laughs> sorry. Couldn't help myself. But Katie was just saying about how uh, you know this the spirit of who we are is what discerns the spirit spiritual activity of God, and so I think of our spirit man, our faith as it grows, it's almost you know, kind of like a muscle, if you will. And if I wanted to stimulate or work out my physical body, say I go out and I go run five miles faster than Pastor Mike, then I would <laughs> exercise my physical body. If I sit down to try to help my kids with their homework, how many people know you're working out your mind? <laughs> I mean, especially like, whoa, that hurts my head, you know. You help your kids with your homework, you're working out your mind. When we worship and when we pray and when we read the word of God, we are engaging our spirit with God's spirit and we are strengthening our spirit man when we do these things. And we are growing stronger as a result of that. There's a reason why the Bible puts a lot of emphasis on becoming strong, mature Christians. Because everyone arrives in their relationship with God in a place of spiritual infancy, if you will. We all start as babes in Christ. And then it's up to us to go on this journey with God to actually grow in maturity and strength. Spiritual maturity is not a given. It's something we have to walk out and actually grow in. And just like you look at a child, a baby, and you see the things that a baby does, you know, they goo and gaga and they cry and they have wet diapers and all that. It's cute and it's uh, sweet and it's appropriate. But if you see a grown adult doing those things, it's just weird, <laughs> right? It's just weird. It's abnormal. And I want you to think about that principle. That's a, that'll stick with you. Um, <laughs> I want you to think about that, that principle, that concept, is the way Paul breaks this down in our spiritual maturity. He says, it's not okay to stay in infancy stage your whole life. That's not okay. You need to grow strong in your spirit man and your spiritual integrity and maturity and your faith muscle so that you can really fulfill the things that God has for you and purpose for your life. We're meant to become a spiritually mature, strong people of faith. So that we can overcome all the things the devil tries to do to stop us from advancing in God's plan for us. Proverbs 25.8 says this, and I'll begin to close. It's, uh, <laughs> I, meant, I meant my turn. I meant my turn. I meant my turn. By the way, how many diapers have you changed? Or how many? No, never mind. <laughs> Thousands. Hundreds. Hundreds. All right. Dozens. No, I don't <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 8 says this. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Wow. You know, if we don't grow in spiritual maturity, folks, frankly, we're indefensible. Our enemy, he is an enemy that's bent on our destruction. And we, we have the upper hand, but we have to grow in spiritual strength and maturity 
so that we can continue to overcome all the things that he's bringing against us to stop God's plan for our lives. I say again, God's plans are always good, and they will not be stopped, but we have got to be a people of faith who walk in faith, who grow in spiritual maturity so that we can see God's purpose for our lives be fulfilled. And when we, when we do that, we will be a part of something great. We will be a part of something incredible because our vision and purpose aligns with God's vision and purpose for his kingdom and for his people. And there's always something bigger that's happening yeah. that's even beyond us. And we get a chance to hook in with that and participate in that. Amen? So we wanted to do something to kind of follow up on this um, and help us to really move forward and grow and you know, spiritual maturity and strength. And so what we're going to do next week, starting Sunday, is we're going to have a corporate fast. Right? We're going to do a three-day corporate fast that we want to invite everyone to participate in. We're going to have an online Bible study through the Bible app. There'll be links on our social media and website and all that, so it'll be real easy to sign up. If you're already uh, following us in Bible app, then you can, um, uh, you'll get a notification that we're starting this plan, but it's just going to be around fasting. So here, here's the point. Um, when we fast, some people have never fasted before, some people fast regularly. It is, in my opinion, it's a spiritual discipline that's kind of been lost in the church today that's really, really important. Listen, Jesus said when you fast, not if you fast, okay? And so what happens when we fast, and whether it's food or we're, we're fasting or denying ourselves some of the normal pleasures, like maybe you fast technology, maybe you fast sweets. I mean, you know, I, you got to figure all that out. But it needs to be something that really is a sacrifice because... The concept is this, when I fast, I'm denying myself food or things that are going to feed my body, and then I'm replacing that with times of intimacy and prayer with God so I can feed my spirit. And it builds spiritual strength in our lives, where we deny ourselves things of the flesh and rule over our flesh so that we can feed our spirit more with the things of God. There are times in our lives and seasons in our lives where our response to difficulties, challenges, pressing in moments needs to be, I'm going to go deeper in a time of prayer and fasting and seek God. Men and women all throughout the Bible did it. And that spiritual uh, habit that God instructs us to implement in our lives has not changed. And so we want to invite everyone to join us starting next Sunday, Monday and Tuesday and a corporate fast. We're giving you a week to kind of let that sit on you, but pray about it. If you've never fasted before, I can't encourage you enough to join us in this. I believe that you will have a major breakthrough. I believe that you'll experience and encounter God perhaps in a way like you never have before. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in the lives of your people in this church. We thank you for all the wonderful leaders, all of the wisdom and everything that just flows through this house that is increasing bountifully each and every single week, God. We thank you for that. We thank you for all the people who you're bringing here to this house to grow up strong and mature. Help us to lock arms and lock hands that we may be a people united doing your good work and authentically representing you in a world that desperately needs that right now. 